Hi, you're listening to Get the Funk Out right here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. On today's show, I'm speaking with featured guest Vani Hari, also known as the Food Babe. It's my pleasure to welcome to this week's show Vani Hari, also known as the Food Babe. Hi, Vani. Hi, how are you? Great. Before you get started, I want to tell you something that when I read your backstory, how you became involved in what you do, I was thinking, wow, I remember being addicted to soda, bacon double cheeseburgers, being always sick, really sick, and just suffering. Yeah, I, I was just like that as well, absolutely. So relatable. Before we get into what you do now and your book, um, could you share what happened to you and what was a turning point? Yeah, absolutely. So for most of my life, I ate like what you just described, <laughs> yeah. um, all sorts of fast food. And, you know, I grew up with two immigrant Indian parents that came here, and they were very trusting of the American food supply. And, you know, they had come from India, where everything was made homemade from scratch, um, from, you know, locally grown vegetables, etc. A lot mm-hmm. of medicinal spices and things like that. And so um, when my mother came here to the United States, she didn't really know how to make um, American dishes, so she relied heavily on the processed food system. So, you know, anything that came out of a package or box or bag um, is what my mother bought to help her, you know, make American food items. And, you know, my dad, when he had an arranged marriage to my mom, he brought her over here to the United States for their honeymoon. And he said, you know, if we're going to live in America, we're going to eat like Americans. And so that's how I was raised. And as a result, I had a lot of health issues. I had eczema, Mm -hmm. asthma, allergies. I was on several prescription drugs. And it wasn't until my early 20s that I just hit rock bottom. I was uh, overweight, feeling really bad. I'd gotten this amazing job out of college where they put me on this, uh, expense account where I was traveling all over the country and working at, you know, big financial institutions, uh, doing really, you know, kind of fancy work. Mm-hmm. Um, but that also meant that they brought in a lot of fancy food to make us work through breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And, you know, I found myself in this position again where I was heavily relying on what other people really wanted me to eat and, um, and a lot of fast and processed food and ended up in the hospital with appendicitis. And at that point <sighs> is where I decided recovering from that surgery was when I decided to um, make a change. And I started to channel um, energy about, you know, how I used to research when I was back in high school, I was a de- debater and nationally ranked debater, number one in the state three years in a row Amazing. and through to college to go and debate. Um, and uh, it it was something that I just, you know, started to channel that, that energy to research my health the same way I did to win debate rounds. And back then, you know, I'm almost 40. Um, back then, we didn't have Google. So you had to go to the library and look at the microfiche and check out big books mm-hmm. and go to the law mm-hmm. library and look at the law journals and do all of that work. And, and that is what I did with my health. And one of the first books that I came across called Conscious Eating by Gabriel Cousins. It's an amazing book. Um, But it had this concept in it that really just, it clicked with me. And the concept was that the majority of foods that I'd been eating were dead foods. They weren't alive. Yes. And um, and it was that moment that I decided to look into what these dead foods were. And what I found was um, a really screwed up 
food system that we um, have today where there's over 10,000 chemicals in our food supply. A lot of them largely not even been reviewed by the FDA. Most of them have been created and approved um, in, in terms of safety testing, approved by the food companies themselves. Right. And, uh, and we're a part of this massive experiment. And when I started to teach people around me what I was learning, they begged me to start a blog so I could share how I changed my life and changed my habits because not only did I change my life and my habits, but my whole body started to change. I went off every single prescription drug, started to be in a position where I never had to diet, just had a very, you know, lean body just from eating whole, real, natural foods. And um, people wanted to know what I was doing to make these changes. It's amazing. Um, I struggled with eczema as well, um, and I did switch up my diet in my early 20s. And there's such a ripple effect to what you eat, and then you go to the doctor, and then they give you a medication, and then that medication causes further problems. And you're on this, you're like a little lab rat, you know, spinning in a wheel, and nothing's ever changing. Yep. Um, And, you know, when I made these changes, um, I realized that, you know, I had a passion for letting people know the truth about what's happening in the food supply. And that's why I started foodbabe.com. And what inspired me to investigate all of the different companies that I thought were healthy, you know, Subway, for example, Subway is a sandwich chain that has had, you know, eat fresh is their slogan forever. And I wanted to know if we were really eating fresh. And when I investigated what they were serving us, it was a totally different story. Um, and that was just one example of many that, you know, we started to investigate on foodbabe.com and eventually these food companies started to respond either because I started a petition or, um, the information that we wrote about what was uh, shared virally across social media and the internet. Yes. And, um, and these companies, you know, multi-billion dollar food corporations started to change for the better. Well, it's amazing that they were willing to change because you just called them out on all their stuff. You know, is it really, is it hard sitting in your shoes because you're basically, you know, uncovering a lot of the stuff people don't want uncovered? It is. And, um, you know, what's interesting is when I started, uh, how I kind of fell accidentally into becoming an activist, uh, you know, I, I, still continued my job in, in the corporate world for a couple years after I started the blog. And eventually I quit my job because I realized that my calling was to really change the food industry. And so I, I decided to quit my job. And that is when um, things started to get really hairy. You know, I, I was very naive when I first started blogging. I thought that you know, if I just tell the truth and these companies change and everyone's happy, everything's going to go great. But I didn't realize and really didn't take into account the impact that actually happens when these changes occur. I mean, there's millions and millions of dollars at stake. And other companies that are following these same practices don't want to change. And so there's a lot of resistance. And so I would, you know, I was the target of a big smear campaign online wow. to take <sighs> me down as a messenger of change. And this uh, was very interesting to be part of. At the time, it was um, really scary. You know, I had death threats and rape oh threats God. and all sorts of awful, awful things happen. 
Um, but uh, what it taught me is, it's, it's one of my favorite phrases, it's called No Mud, No Lotus, it's by Thich Nhat Hanh. You know, without mm-hmm. struggle, there's no progress. And, and this mission and getting the truth out about our food is much more important than, you know, me. Uh, you yeah. know, the mission is bigger than just me. And so I continued forward, and this is when I actually discovered that the majority of critics that were coming after me online were actually being paid by the food and chemical industry. What a surprise. They were being, <laughs> uh, yeah. And, I mean, this just goes to show you, like, you know, for example, one of my main campaigns was to get Starbucks to remove caramel coloring class four from their drinks. I saw that. They were using this in pumpkin spice lattes and mm. other things, and... Um, and at the time, um, it was very interesting. The New York Times interviewed me for a, a profile piece. They did a profile on me. And one of the chief critics in that piece that they used as the antagonist in the story was actually on the caramel coloring company board and getting paid over $100,000 to be on that board. Um, and he was, you know, cited as critical of my work. Well, of course he's going to be critical he's, of my yeah, work. Right. Um, he doesn't want to... Um, you know, lose that money. And he also, yes. uh, you know, doesn't look, he, he's not looking at the real risks of these chemicals because, you know, if you look at the risks in the independent studies, the International Agency for Research on Cancer deemed that um, class four caramel coloring uh, a probable carcinogen. And that was the reason why I was campaigning for Starbucks to remove it, but also campaigning for Starbucks to release their ingredients for the first time in history. They were a chain that, you know, their their competitors like Dunkin' Donuts, etc., never even posted their ingredients online. Really? I and didn't know they that. were getting away with not even telling anyone what was in their, like, you know, premium drinks. I mean, they're like a premium chain. And so, you know, we should know what we're drinking. Um, and they hid this from the public for a very long time. And, and it wasn't until... The, the work that we did on foodbabe.com that we were able to change this. And, Vani, think about how many teenagers are hooked on Starbucks. Oh, so many. Right? It's an addiction. So it's crazy. They start their day with all these sugary drinks with who knows what in them. Yep. Uh, uh, they're full of chemicals. Um, and luckily, you know, Starbucks is cleaning it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't mean to say that these things are safe for us to, to consume. And that's really what my life purposes. My mission right now is to teach people about ingredients and food. And what inspired me to write my my second book, which is called Feeding You Lies, which is about how the food industry lies to us and gets away with it. And mm-hmm. I take the reader through several different examples of what's happening in the food supply. And so you can look and you can determine how to become your own health and food investigator. After you read this book, you'll be so super smart. You'll try to you'll see right through, you know, the different labels that the food industry uses to convince you to buy a product and make you think it's healthy. You'll start to see through the marketing that they use, the ways that they manipulate the media to get their messages out and their studies out that try to um, show like a small benefit of their product, even though the overall impact of their product is is very risky to human health. Yes. Um, and I, and I take people through a 48-hour toxin takedown. So for someone who reads this book, they, they're like, oh, okay, I've had enough. I need to figure this stuff out. I need to clean up my, my food. Right. Um, I show you how to do that at the end of the book. And people, they don't realize how good they're going to feel when they clean it up. 
oh, they're going to feel amazing. Yeah, mentally, <laughs> I, physically, I yeah. I never want to go back to where I, I used to feel the way I did. You and lived the it. way I used to look. Yeah. Too. I don't yeah. want to. I don't want to look like that either. Right. So. I love that you're so transparent and that you show the before and where you are now picture. Yeah, that's actually on my website on the about page if anybody wants to see it. Yeah. People don't realize um, even with dyes and kids, you know, the red dye and the blue dye, like eczema, you know, is is something that I had to struggle with. Um, dairy, you know, like all these different things that you put in your body will affect you. Yeah. um, You know, as soon as you start to clean up your diet in terms of reducing the amount of processed foods you eat, you'll start to realize a health that you never thought was possible. And just to think that I used to be on eight or nine prescription drugs and the amount of money that I would spend on those drugs, on those prescription drugs, doesn't even come close to the amount of, uh, I mean, money that I spend on real food, which is much less. Yes. So you will save money over time when you choose real whole whole organic food. And you were young. I mean, would you care to share some of the things you were taking for some of the ailments? Well, I mean, just for asthma alone, I was taking four different drugs. I was (sighs) taking an oral drug, two different inhaler drugs, and a nasal drug. Mm. I mean, just for alone, just for asthma, just to control that. So I wouldn't have to go on prednisone. <laughs> and that was another drug I'd have to take if, I, if, it, if it escalated out of control. And what do you think in your diet was causing you to have asthma? Um, inflammation. Yeah. So the food that I was eating was created an inflammatory response in my body. And it's because the majority of the food that I was eating wasn't real food. There wasn't real nutrition in it. You know, there's this underlying assumption that every product at the grocery store is safe. And that's just not true. Um, A lot of these chemicals have not been safety tested. The ones that have been safety tested have been tested usually by the food companies themselves because they're benefiting from them. They're, They're inventing these chemicals to improve shelf life of a product, to improve the taste of a product because the food wouldn't taste good without it, without this chemical. They, they create these chemicals to create addiction in products. They, they use these chemicals so that, you know, the, the product stays together because it's on a shelf or in a fridge somewhere, yes. staying there for a long period of time. They're not really, you know, creating chemicals to improve nutrition to the product. You know, there's not a lot of food additives that improve nutrition. I I don't know of many. I mean, I think about all the things from Doritos to the sugary cereals for kids to all this addictive flavors that people crave. Mm -hmm. You know, I have a whole chapter actually dedicated to the flavors that the food industry adds to food. And a lot of these flavors, um, they, they sound so natural and benign, but they're not. Um, speaking of the world, word natural, I laugh when I see that on a product. Natural chicken, natural, you know, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a term that's it's widely misused. Now, all natural is a $40 billion industry, uh, and it was a, a trick that the food industry used to try to get us to buy a product. And all natural is actually not even defined by the FDA. And it's something that the food companies have used for a really long time and gotten away with it. Um, and it's really important when you see that label, it's 
basically doesn't really mean much. Unbelievable. What would you like listeners to know about your latest book, Feeding You Lies? You know, this book is something that everyone needs to read in order to survive in the system that we have today, where people are getting their news from social media and mainstream media. Um, People are getting, um, you know, uh, marketed to on different labeling and packages. Anytime there's a huge health craze, you know, a new type of diet, like the latest one is keto, mm-hmm. the food industry is right on it. And they're going to create products to make you think that because it's keto, it's healthy. And it's really up to you to try to figure out if these products are truly healthy or not. And I give you the tools and feeding you lies and the stories and the examples and the, the data of all of the different ways the food industry has tried to manipulate us in the past and is currently doing that and how they use propaganda to um, how to trick us. I mean, they're using the same tactics of the tobacco industry used to convince us that, you know, cigarettes were fine, that they didn't cause lung cancer. The same thing sure. happening today with a lot of the products that are available on store shelves that, you know, these products are fine. They have a, you know, these, Additives are generally regarded as safe when other countries have banned a lot of these additives or don't use them any, anymore. And these food companies have reformulated their products with safer, better ingredients overseas. And they're not doing that for the same products that they sell here in America. And I take people through very, various examples and a whole chapter about that phenomenon. And it's actually one that inspired me to start a petition against Kraft Macaroni and Cheese because... Kraft wasn't using artificial food dyes in Europe and was still using them here. And the reason is, is because they wanted to avoid a warning label that said may cause adverse effects on activity and attention in children. And instead of putting that warning label on their product, they said, you know what? We're going to take out the artificial food dyes made from petroleum. We're going to put paprika and beta carotene in them. And uh, and you know what? We'll do that over there, but we're not going to do it over here. No, we're still going to market this for children. Yep. And, you know, luckily, uh, I started a petition, got over 387,000 signatures, took those petition signatures to uh, Northfield, Illinois, at their headquarters, dropped them off, and eventually it convinced them to change. So, Amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, this is the work that needs to be done. We have to hold these food companies accountable. Nobody else is going to do it. Our government's asleep at the wheel. Right. So it's up to us citizens to know the truth, and that's what this book, does. It gives people the truth and so that they can arm themselves and, and be prepared um, to, to choose the healthiest foods at the grocery store. Did you also uncover the difference between ketchup made here and ketchup made in the UK? Yeah. 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 So Heinz ketchup is something that every every restaurant, every grocery store, every fast food chain, every gas station, everywhere you look, there's ketchup, right? Yes. I love ketchup. There's not a, yeah. you know, a French fry I want to eat without ketchup, right? <laughs> But the ketchup here in the United States is made with genetically engineered corn that is made from patented seeds that are used to are patented to withstand heavy doses of Roundup, which is now a probable carcinogen according to the World Health Organization. Mm-hmm. And, and then you have high fructose corn syrup in it, along with natural flavors and other additives. Then in the UK, they just make it real simple, like you would make homemade ketchup at home, like sugar and tomatoes and spices. Right. How is that fair? I have no idea. <laughs> Makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah. Now, your um, company, Truvani, was that 
um, did that come about because you just saw this need for things you wanted to buy, but they just weren't on the market? Yes, and it it, it it actually, you know, there was a there's a couple different examples of where I got very frustrated. I was taking a turmeric supplement um, uh, for many many years. It got bought out by a big chemical conglomerate, and then they changed the ingredients and they decreased the quality of the ingredients, and that made me really mad, of even course. though it was a great product when yeah. it, when it started. So. It, that inspired me. I said, you know what? If I can't trust these products, I just need to create them myself, the ones that I take every single day. And so we started with some of the, the most popular supplements that I was taking and, um, and, and created them higher quality than anything is possible out there. I mean, I'm talking we do the highest level of heavy metal testing, uh, glyphosate testing to make sure that our products um, are at the lowest levels, uh, well below the EPA limit and well below the Prop 65 limit. Um, that's in California, so that people know that they can trust these products. And we use the most unnecessary pr- uh, ingredients possible. So, like a lot of supplements and additives, or, or a lot of supplements and protein powders, etc., we use all sorts of additives mm-hmm. to, to cut costs. I, we won't do that. Like, for example, our protein powder has six ingredients, all real ingredients that you would use in your own kitchen, you know, um, our vanilla has real vanilla, uh, (laughs) not flavoring vanilla, vanilla, actual vanilla. vanilla Yeah. Yeah. From vanilla bean, vanilla bean powder. Um, and so, yeah, that's way more expensive. It is, but it is the highest quality. Yeah. I know I taught my kids not to have anything with vanilla in, you know, yeah, vanillin is the artificial uh, vanilla, which is really problematic. Yes. So where can people find out more about you? I know you're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and where else? Yeah, so at The Food Babe on all of the social media channels, and then foodbabe.com. And come on over and get yourself a book. It's available all everywhere books are sold. And, um, and then come on over to foodbabe.com and sign up for my newsletter. What's the Food Babe Army all about? They are people that not only care about their health and themselves, but they care enough that they want everyone to know the truth about what they're eating. And so they'll, they're willing to like sign petitions and spread the word and be activists themselves. It's amazing. And, and that's what I call my readership. That's excellent. Well, is there anything else you want to add before we wrap up? Um, no, I think the, the you know, I think the, the best thing to do, if you really want to achieve the health that you never thought was possible, is to really pay attention to the ingredients in your food. And that I give people um, three simple questions they need to ask themselves every time they sit down to eat at the end of the book. And then I really want people to pay attention to that part. Fantastic. And this is especially important for people that are listening that have children. And all of a sudden, their kids are showing signs of asthma or eczema or whatever, learning disabilities. Pay attention to what they're eating. Yes, absolutely. Make a huge difference. You know, our food is medicine, plain and simple. Our food is full of additives and antibiotics and growth hormones and GMOs and pesticides and synthetic additives. Our food's going to be sick, too. And we're going to be sick. Yes. Well, I want to thank you so much. This has been wonderful. Okay. Thank you, Janine. I really appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure.
If you missed any part of this conversation with Vani Hari, also known as the Food Babe, you can visit my show blog, which is getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org.